Welcome to the Dare to Pivot podcast, a resource for inspiration and encouragement while you're on your path to purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is hosted by Wakia Hayward, that's me, and Barbara Wade, two middle-aged sisters who are passionate about having honest, open conversations with each other and special guests about faith, transparency, and living a life of purpose. The Dare to Pivot podcast is rooted in the Christian faith, and we believe that we are all made for a reason and with intention. However, it's up to us to pursue our purpose. By exploring the four foundational pillars of DARE, which are decisions, actions, results, and evaluations, we're hoping that women will be motivated to actively pursue their own purpose journeys. Join us as we learn together that it's never too late to be great. What's up, Dare to Pivot family? Join Barbara and I as we chat with Dr. Marcia Whitaker. Dr. Whitaker is a medical physician, a life coach, and a and the founder and CEO of In Bloom Health and Life Coaching, and the Women Ready to Move Academy. After practicing medicine for over 25 years and being active in public health, Dr. Whitaker fully appreciates the role the mom plays in life and in health. As a certified health and life coach, she helps professional women who feel trapped in their personal prison of life so that they can break free and finally live a life without limits. Dr. Whitaker is uniquely qualified, drawn from her multiple experiences as a physician, life coach, women's conference speaker, and most of all, mom. (laughs) She uses these experiences to encourage and equip women who are ready to move. So get your paper and pen a cup of tea, and get ready to move. We're going to start this conversation right where Dr. Whitaker is telling us the first steps in her movement um, process, which is first, putting your feet in the water. So how do you encourage um, someone to put their foot in the water? Um, Is it in increasing their knowledge and belief of what God has for them. It's getting better or be expert in their field at what um, they believe God has given them to do. How do you, how do you take that step to put your foot in the water? Sure. So how do you encourage women? How do I encourage women? I, there's always a fear, mm-hmm. it's the fear of either failing fear of um, what's next, you know, if, if, I, if I step out, you know, people are going to then look for me to continue to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a fear of not knowing. Um, there's probably some other fears. But in all of this, God wants us to trust him. Mm-hmm. And though there, there's that balance between trusting and fear, and we have to trust him more than we fear. And then there's the, this, the comfort zone. And once, once you develop enough courage and trust to step out, that's all he's asking. He's just, he's asking for one step. Uh, I was in church the other week and the pastor, he said, he said, we serve a, I'll tell you when you get there, God. 
And so to me, that says, you just have to take a step. You're not going to see the whole thing. Yes, you're going to be afraid. Yes, you're going to uh, have some reservation, but do it anyway. Right. So you said you, you said that you uh, started coaching and you wanted to be the coach, that, the type of coach that you want to be. So based off what you just said, as far as taking that first step out there um, in the water, like putting your feet in the water first, being afraid and doing it anyway, is that what you've had to do? Like, you know, so, you know, are you doing it from a place of experience? Oh, absolutely. There have been, and, and there, this is a different, so um, I am a physician, internal medicine, and I remember the the pathway of going from high school to college to medical school to residency and then out into the world. And so when you're in that kind of a system, you know what is going to happen, what needs to happen. You know you have to take these, these tests and you have to pass them in order to move forward. But when we step over into this other realm where you're now following a dream you have, you're, you're dreaming things that other people may not dream. Mm-hmm. And there is no pathway. Right. And I have had to be coached to get to a place where I now, I, I believe I create my own experience. So when you are believing you're creating your own experience, you, now you're more willing to step out. And so whether that's the business, um, whether that is, um, you know, planning an event that is going to take several months to do, whether that is deciding to go on a cross-country trip, you know, whatever it is that is that, that you want to do, you can do it. And, and I have had to make those steps. And the more you make the steps, then you're like, you know what? I know I can do it because I came through that other thing. And now I know I just have to continue moving. Wow. So I'm I'm thinking about just (laughs) your thought process and being in that place because you just mentioned the very um, structured path to being a physician. Lots of options, but it's pretty much structured (laughs) in the knowledge that you have to prove that you have. And so you have to learn it and then prove that you have it and you have to practice. And so pretty structured as you laid out. And then all the other pursuits of your life, as you mentioned, were seem to be the total opposite. Um, and so I'm just wondering how you had the courage and the, um, um, the word I'm looking for is, um, I would say resilience in not relying on a system that you have already proven to be true. I can step on this path and I know I have the aptitude to do it. And so I'm just gonna step through it. The other path is this is something God has put within me and he doesn't show us the end picture. Um, He doesn't show us more than, well, in my personal experience, more than two steps ahead. Mm-hmm. And so I need you to take that step and then I'll reveal to you the next one. He just shows you that dream at the end. And so it's not as structured as a path to becoming a physician. So was that a, 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 
a battle for you or were you like excited that there was something that was a little less vigorous than that structured path of becoming a, a physician? Oh, definitely a battle. And I think that is where, and I coach mainly professional women Mm-hmm. And that's where we struggle. We struggle where in our professional life, we have it under control. Mm. But in all the other areas, our home life, maybe our place of worship, maybe it's our extracurricular activities, whatever it is, we struggle in, it may be a business, we struggle in stepping out because it's not structured. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And because I have seen other women do what I want to do, mm-hmm. just because they are winning doesn't mean I have to lose. And so when you come alongside other women who are doing it, you, you get life just by seeing s- someone else win. Mm. And you're like, you know what? I can do this. I can do this. And I give a Um, I give a talk called Becoming the X Factor. And what I noticed and what I speak about is you don't have to, the X Factor isn't something that is outside of you, something um, something that you were born with or something that you were taught. The X Factor is something within. And once you tap into your own X Factor, there isn't anything that you can't do or be. And once I realize that I have it, I just have to execute it. I have to take the steps. I have to believe in myself more than someone else believes about me. And I love how your your acronym, your DARE, you make the decision and then you take the action and then you get the result that you want. We, we have to decide first what it is that we want. Mm-hmm. So, so based off of that, um, by you, you saying that everybody has this X factor, do you believe that we can all win in life then? Absolutely, absolutely. We, although we come from that place where we think if, if I'm winning, then you have to lose. Like there's not, a, it's not enough for everyone but I believe that there is mm-hmm. because we can all, all three of us can have the same story, but we're each going to touch someone else differently with mm-hmm. it. We're gonna deliver it mm-hmm. a little differently. It's gonna resonate differently with a, a certain group of people. Mm-hmm. And we don't, whatever story we have, it's not just for us, it's, it's for us to have a testimony and our struggles become the, the lifeline mm-hmm. for somebody else. I believe that. So how, yeah, do, you, I, I, how do you encourage uh, people to, to um, discover what their X factor is? Mm-hmm. I believe, and this goes to coaching. It's kind of like, it's, it's hard to coach someone who doesn't want to get coached. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right so sometimes uh a lot of times the the woman have has to be ready to move which is the name of my academy women ready to move academy and as i was developing the name 
I was um, being coached and the exercise that um, the coach had me do is that she told me, you know, to, to, to walk through the field and walk through this and walk through that and walk whatever. And then she says, okay, when you're, you're now you're at your destination, I want you to turn around and I want you to tell me what you see. And when I virtually turned around, what I saw, I saw a group of women and they, they were in this stance where they had one knee down and one knee up. And what I saw was that these women are ready to move. They, they don't know, they may not know how to get from point A to point B, but they've decided that where they've been is no longer acceptable. Hmm. And when you're in that state, that's when you're receptive and you now uh, can have, you, you now can take flight. You just need someone to show you how to do it. Hmm. And that's my mission. Awesome. So is there a particular assessment to determine when women are in that posture? When they're ready? You know what? I have not um, thought about that, but knowing, I don't think it's an assessment, but it's a, I'm going to say a feeling. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I think both of, all, all of us are coaches, correct? No, I'm not, Barbara, okay. I'm not. Okay, so, so. I am. Okay, so say you're having a conversation with someone. You can tell right away when they are not living in their purpose. Correct? Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's more of a discernment, if you will, mm -hmm. than them saying, and, and there, there's probably some buzzwords, you know, I'm tired. I feel like my life's not my own. Um, I, I haven't been out with girlfriends in a long time. I don't like my job. You know, it's, it's that kind of okie dokie kind of dull, lifeless kind of um, feeling that you get. Yeah, you know what? I, you know what I also find? I find for a lot of my clients where I, because me personally, it's so funny, right? Where Barbara is really good with, she likes young girls. Like her, her thing is young, young women. She likes to help them from the beginning and help them up. I'm like you, Marcia. I need you to be ready to move. Like I can't. <laughs> I can't have you. We can't be jump. I, I don't do well with the whole double dutch mentality. You know what I'm saying? Like you sitting there like steady trying to jump in, jump in. I'm ready for you to like, you need to be moving. And so right. for me, my, one of my go-tos when I'm talking to my coaches is that I'm listening for stuff like you feeling unsettled. You know what I'm saying? You're feeling unsettled. You feel, you know, like things are uneasy or things are just not where they need to be. Like they, they are almost antsy in their communication with me where they, they're ready to do something like they're ready to do something mm -hmm. and you know as a coach so my coaching style is more coaching and mentoring so you know when I have my coaching hat on I can't tell you what to do I have to sort of like keep asking you questions keep helping you to sort of unlock it in your in yourself mm -hmm. when I slide onto my mentoring cap though you know then I can sort of like okay well maybe have you tried this have you thought about this have you thought about this but what I love about that space is 
that these women have already did the very first thing they need to do. They've decided that it's time to do something different. Like that's it. Yeah. That's really that's really for me the kicker with all of it, right? It all first started with a thought. It's first started with a thought and you've had to say, okay, this is what I'm gonna do. And you're taking steps to do that. Um, so have you found that to be one of your, um, the things that you're listening for when you're talking with your clients, when you're trying to get these women ready to move? Yes, they have to take the first step. And once they take the step, then I can meet them where, where they are. Um, and, you know, it's not, it's not a pulling, but as you know, it's, it's a, it's a walking, it's a, it's yes. a, what's the word? Uh, the way that I explain it is they're in this maze. I am, I, I'm up, I, I can see the whole, the whole maze, but they're in one spot and they feel like they're trapped, but mm-hmm. they are, they can just listen. They can, I can guide them. Um, one of my favorite um, stories is the guy, he is the, the tight rope walker, the guy who um, walked across Niagara Falls. Yeah, yes. Nick. Um, Wakanda, well, it's, yeah. it's not Wakanda, but it's something like that. Yes. Uh-huh. The story that when he was walking across, he had his earthly father in his earpiece and he was being guided and talked to by his father, but he's also a Christian. And so he would pray. And it was a visual of, you still have to walk it as a, as a coachee, but you have people in your ear who can see, mm-hmm. see where you're going. They can, mm-hmm. they can check the weather for you. Mm-hmm. They can give you encouragement. They can try to, they can give you as much guidance as, as needed, but they help you take one step at a time to get across from where you are to where you want to go. Well, that's a great illustration. (laughs) Wow. Thank you for sharing. I love it. Yes, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Hmm. So right now where you are now like you talk about how you were you know you do the coaching now and you talk about your academy what does that look like at your academy like what is is that a concept is that like a a workshop what is that so the core of the program is the uh, 12-week modules that's self-paced where we go from um you know confidence and who you are and fears and all the other steps from the from the beginning to um, to the 12 weeks but I also do a weekly uh, zoom call um, where I answer any questions they get coaching there's a camaraderie um, there's laughter and it's really a great experience and um, it's, a, it's, it's an awesome way for ladies to see each other, um, no matter what you're going through, once you see the struggle that someone else is having, but more importantly, seeing them overcome it 
you get the benefit of your own coaching, but also seeing that happen. Mm. Um, I, I love the community part of it where you feel like, you know, just women getting to learn from one another. This story, because your story is someone else, right? I always like to say, you know, someone else has that same. Your voice is fading in and out, Wakia. And, and still do big things with it where someone else is stuck in that space, right? Because we learn from one another. We learn from watching someone else overcome, yeah. right? That's, that's to me is like the whole trick. So yeah. I, I love that. Um, what are some of the things that you say to yourself when you're in that space of, because um, you, okay, so as an encourager, right? So usually most coaches are encouragers because that's what we pretty much do. It's, um, it's very hard for us to be encouraged. It's just a thing, right? Well, at least uh, let me just say for me, it's hard for me to be encouraged, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Because as soon as you tell me, oh, okay, you're doing great. I'm like, mm, yeah, no, yeah, I need to do this better. I need to do this better. Um, so how do you encourage yourself or what does that look like for you as you're walking through, you know, this life? So the thing that I say to myself the most is I am the X factor. Yes. And even each time I say that, I, I felt it just now. Each time I say it, it, it's almost like a downshift. Something happens that takes, that takes me to a place where, you know what? That was a problem, but I can figure it out because I, I have the ability to do so. Everything is figure out a bowl. I just have to switch from that stress state that I'm in and get to a place where now my brain works because when I'm stressed, the brain don't work. Um, and sometimes I need to be coached through it, but I know um, before I used to spend weeks, months, years, getting past something. Now I spend minutes, hours, maybe a week or two. And that's a testament to me um, investing in myself and learning what I need to learn and being vulnerable to those who are coaching me. I expect after a coaching session to have been, to have moved, to have transitioned from where I was when I came into it to where I, I'm leaving. It's kind of like going into church. You should not go into a, into a service and leave the same way you came. Would you consider that a pivot point for you, getting to that place where you could, um, uh, make that shift. So go into the coaching relationships to identify and have expectations that when I leave here, I won't come out the way I'm going in. This is a valuable resource for me. I expect to be able to X, Y, or Z. Would you consider that a pivot? Absolutely. And the thing that is the biggest pivot. So I always say coaches are the best clients to coach because half the time I'm already coaching myself, but
but then I get to a place where I'm stuck. Mm. But then once the coach asks me that powerful question, even as they're asking me, I already know where they're trying to take me. And that releases something. And then I'm like, oh yeah, you're, you're right. You're right. I'm this, 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 this is what I'm getting from that question you asked me. And so now I've pretty much, I've triple jumped from where I was to now I'm in a better place. And now we can take the next step. What I find so phenomenal about what you just said (laughs) is that one, you know enough about coaching to go in with an expectation. Mm -hmm. However, you still recognize the value of someone else asking you that question. Yes. It can't be, uh, I'll sit there and I'll be the coach and the coachee because I know the question. And once I ask myself the question, then I'm going to give myself this true, accurate, vulnerable answer. Yes. No, even though you know the question, you go into the session with anticipation of the question because you're ready. However, you recognize you still need to go into that session. You need that relationship. You need to be asked that question. And so I think that is just a major nugget in this is that there's no way to diminish um, relationship and community. And in this instance, you know, your um, coaching is a a valuable tool and resource um, that you are one, a professional at, but two, you still take advantage of of the wisdom that's imparted by a coach as well. But you just see the value in yeah. that relationship. And I think that's phenomenal. And it's, it's a great recommendation. Yeah. And the thing that you bring up, one is that, yes, there is an expectation of when I do get coached. But even though they may ask me a question, sometimes we forget the questions to ask because we're too close to the situation. We don't have perspective. Mm-hmm. But then depending on the coach and what is needed in that moment, they may come with a different question. They may approach it in a different way. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that came up as you were um, asking, um, making your statement is that it's kind of, it's like a, a physician. It's like a surgeon who needs their appendix out. Mm. You can't operate on yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to need somebody (laughs) to come alongside and let you go under and they operate on you. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's a very sobering point that even when we get to a place of knowing where we want to go, you know, you're, you're connected to God and he's, um, pressed upon you that this is the right time. The whole bottom line is that you still will need someone else to take the journey with you. Mm, mm. And I, for me and for women, I think that's highly valuable. Getting back to your, one of your original points saying professionally, women can excel very well through a very 
structured uh, process. We set our eyes on the target and we will remove all obstacles to get it done. It's those other paths that typically engage our hearts and engage our faith, mm -hmm. engage our passion, that when that direct path is not there, we attempt to achieve these things the same way we do our professional goals and we fall short. Um, I think we um, maybe give in to some of those fears or we don't think everyone can win. And so we shy away from that uh, community mm -hmm. and or we don't allow ourselves to remain the student, the coachee, the mentee. You know, we have the ER at the end. We want to be the one in charge and the one, <laughs> the one, the one giving. <laughs> right. Uh, we want to be the one giving, um, and we don't get in the posture of continuing to receive. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And the thing that comes up for me here is, we were not. We're not supposed to live life solo mm -hmm. and the things that God gives us to do requires other people mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so the community piece is huge um, the church that I am now a member of they did something major um, so I, I had been attending a church called Destiny and uh, another, which is, you know, kind of one of those, I'm going to say, come as you are. Um, they have the whole, the full band on, you know, on, I'm going to say on stage because that's what it looks like. It's on stage. Um, and then they ended up joining with another um, heavy hitter type church in the area called I-5 City. And the two pastors, they've, they've mentioned this multiple times that they, they took down their quote unquote, their ego mm -hmm. in order to join together in order to reach more people. Mm -hmm. And it's that sense of community and coming together to do more mm -hmm. than what you can do by yourself. There's this uh, saying that says, you can go fast alone, but you can go farther with a team. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Right. And that's true about life. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, so, you know, I just want to, I just want to go back a little bit to something you said, you said, you said, you said, I, uh, you are not meant to live this world or live solo. Mm -hmm. So literally you said solo as an S O L O. What I literally heard though was so S O space low L O W. And that also is true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, I think, I think that as you're talking, um, you know, your message is as far as about being the X factor, you know, part of that being the X factor part um, and also community, you know, connecting with community talks to that, right? About how what you're here to really do is try to help women get up. Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Just like, get up, like get up. Like you said, get up, you know, get ready to move, get up and move. Like you're, you're literally helping them and that whole space and as you're talking when you you said you said earlier you said you know when you was with your coach your coach had you walk through the walk through exercise when you turned around 
you look back and when you look back, you could see women almost in this stance. I picture it like at a track, right? In that, mm. in, that, in that stance. As you're talking, what I hear is, I mean, what I see is me looking at you and I see you literally getting up off the ground, like get up, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's mm. the posture I hear when I, when I hear you talk, right? Is this, this um, almost like a phoenix, like rising in this space, mm. right? And it's this strength and it's this um, peace that I hear coming from you in, in, this, in this place. And I realize that I'm smart enough to understand that while that may not have always been your truth, I hear that's your truth today, Absolutely. right? And I think it's, yeah. <laughs> and I think it's great. And, and I applaud you for going out here and saying, even though I am still in this place of transition of growing and changing and shifting and getting up, I am still taking my time out to um, grab other people along the side of the way to say, you two can get up as well. You know what I'm saying? Yes. We can move together. Yes. And that's, so. the, that's the, I'm going to the beauty or the, um, not the revelation, but I was the quiet, shy, didn't raise my hand, didn't, um, didn't make a stir. Even if I didn't like something, I wouldn't say it. And that has, it's taken me a long time. Just like, it took me, I have this birthmark on my face um, that looks like someone hit me in my eye. And I think the, the, the picture that you see, um, it was a photo shoot. So I don't, you can't see it. It was covered up. I told him not to cover it up, but she ended up covering it up anyway, um, because it's something that means something to me. And I actually am in the process of writing a book is called Mark from Birth. And what that mark did, it caused me to hide. It caused me to shy away. It caused me not to look people in the eye. And it took me 10 years until I was in college before I was like, you know what, bump this, you know, forget about the makeup that I was trying to cake over it. I felt like I was doing a comb over. Like everybody knows you bald, right? <laughs> so, and I, yes. but it made me feel good that I was, I thought I was covering it up, but I wasn't. Mm -hmm. And so now as I stand in my, in my skin, in my truth, in my authenticity, it, with my voice, now I, I speak, I raise my hand, I look people in the eye, I don't all automatically think that you're looking at my birthmark. It is uh, something that it's a rite of passage for me mm. to now I own my voice. It's not perfect, you know, I still struggle, but from where I came from, mm -hmm. this, this was a major pivot for me. And I speak to women who have flaws. Some of them are physical flaws, but there's also the emotional scars. There's the mental scars. There's the, no one, there's a whole, gener, there's multiple generations of people who don't know who they are. Mm -hmm. And they don't find out who they are until they've been put in the fire. But how more powerful would that have, would that be if young people, young women, you already know who you are. You know what, to some degree, what you're not going to tolerate. If someone raises their hand and hit you, women should know that that's not something they should tolerate. 
it's a deal breaker. Yeah. But unless you've been taught that, it's not second nature. It's okay, well, he didn't mean to, or he didn't hit me, even though he, he, he said he, it looked like he was, but he didn't. So that's okay. No, that's not okay either. Right. 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 I think, I, I think that is powerful by itself, right? Because for you to stand on stage and talk to women who may have internal scar and they're sitting there looking at your external scar alone is a place for us to connect, right? Because one of the things we do as women, especially I'm going to sit here now and say black women, because black women are what I, is what I know well. Um, we're really good with covering it up. Yes. We're very good, right? We're, um, because most of us did, don't, did not start with that sense of confidence and that sense of worth and value when we were young. So we grew up this whole time either covering up, you know, either, either covering up uh, intentionally either with our anger or our hostility, mm-hmm. or like you said, just getting to the point where we just don't say anything, right? We become, you know, just letting everything roll off of us. Um, and so I think it's so courageous just to stand up in front of people and say, here is my scar. And it's okay for us to just to talk about or your, your, your birthmark, you know, to say, it's okay for us to talk about the things that you think about you that aren't pretty. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's what that's, that's really about. Because yes. we really all have them. Yes. Like, every woman is, is scarred. Like, all of us have something about ourselves, whether it be, uh, and I'm going to be very honest, I think almost to have one that's a physical scar or something physically on your body that you don't, you don't care about. After a while, I think you almost walk through that. I think it's even harder when you have that mental stuff and nobody can see it. You know, like I can recognize where where your struggle comes in. Okay, you want to come with this birthmark? I get it. Let's get this makeup together. But you don't know why every time you say something to me, that's just my trigger. And I I just, you know what I'm saying? One moment we were sitting in the pool and then in two more minutes, you say one little thing and now, you know, I'm all over the place. You see what I'm saying? So... I think anytime when we as women can get together and allow a safe space for other women to share their truth and say that I'm not here to judge you. If anything, I'm here just to show you mine first. You know what I'm saying? Yes. That's where the, that to me where the breakthroughs really start, yes. right? That's where, the, that's where the change really start to like grow and, and, and we start to heal as people. Because then I'm telling you that just like you don't have to cover up your birthmark, you don't have to cover up your scar. Because it's like me too. Like I got that same struggle. Yes. Mine just look a little different. You see what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. I think that's where, um, so I applaud you in your effort of just um, not doing the makeup. You know, well, obviously, you know yeah. what I mean? You know, not, not having to cover up. Because you know, I realize that's a hard place to be, you know? Um, <laughs> I was just sitting here thinking about how for years, like I have ugly feet. So that's like, I was like the guy, I was like guy hit everybody with the ugly stick somewhere just to keep you <laughs> humble. So the Lord told my feet up. He told my feet up, like, what up? (laughs) So, um, and I remember for years I would never wear open-toed shoes. Like I just wouldn't. I would just be so embarrassed. I would just think, oh my goodness gracious, this is the worst thing ever. And after a while, first of all, I was like, girl, get your life together. If you want to wear them open-toed shoes, wear them open-toed shoes. Because in truth, that ain't my problem. You know, the fact that my feet ugly. If you don't like it, then I'm gonna need you look away. It is what it is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It just is what it is. But yeah. just to get to that place in my life where I was comfortable enough to be that, to do that, 
and really just honestly not care. Like I step out girl with open toe shoes on, like these feet can do a commercial. You hear me? They can, but it won't be the right kind. It'd be like the, uh-uh. <laughs> you know, <laughs> in truth. But, you know, just the fact that I've gotten to that place in my life yeah. where I'm brave enough now to do it. But it really came from me looking in magazines at other, and I would like look at like the models, like, you know, people be doing, like the models be sitting there doing their, watching their clothes. I would intentionally look down at their feet. And they're not doing the shoes. So like if you ever watch like the models like when they're doing their little shoes and they're not, and it's not for their sh- their, a shoe, their feet is just as jacked up as mine, ma'am. They just, you just ain't focus on that. Mm-hmm. And I was like, what? This chick is a model and her feet jacked up like that? Then it must be okay. You see what I'm saying? But it's just that power and seeing that we're all the same and we all got something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's why it's the power and diversity. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's power in the sharing. And just as there's the visual for a physical scar that I wholeheartedly agree, I know with 100% certainty that there is not a, per- a perfect person physically, mentally, or emotionally. So I'm 100% confident that everybody does have something, you know, physically that is not the norm, right? And um, so I think we get to a place as we age um, to be more comfortable with that. You know, at 40, you get to the, I don't care. And at 50, not only do I not care, but I'm going to tell you all the things I don't care about. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and And I think getting to that place, you know, you know, outside of, anger and having to heal from what has happened to get us to this place, if we could accept ourselves so much earlier, you know, younger, um, where it's not dependent on um, uh, such a long, arduous journey that it's just okay to be okay. You know, I'm okay the way I, you know, the way I start out, you know, as, as a team, if we could get to that place where our young ladies aren't freaked out by all the changes that they're going through, that we can explain and help them step through that as a normal process, not promising what's gonna come out on the other end. Like we can't say who's gonna be, you know, what kind of duckling anybody's gonna be. The whole thing is that you're gonna transition. And on the other side of this, you're going to be the best version of you. You're going to be a new version of you. And whatever that is, it is. And it's going to be okay. And so with that, you know, there's styling in your hair and your clothing that will make you comfortable whatever that you is, as opposed to, you know, just creating this picture of, okay, if you're not this size and this height and this complexion, then you're not good. No, whatever you are on the other side of that puberty, it's you and it's all good. And you may have started with a a birthmark. You may have, you know, been in a little, you know, accident for which you get, you know, a scar or a broken bone or whatever happens. It's It's all okay. It's all part of your story. And, and for me, like what Kia said, I like working with girls to help them understand that about themselves. And the sooner they get that, 
the better off they are when they get to our age. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, because you're you're promising them a journey. You're promising them change. You're promising them uniqueness. Mm -hmm. And so I think the sooner that is seen as a good positive thing, the better off we all are. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and I I have said that I want to do a nonprofit and reach back to those young girls, young women. Because I always say, where would I have been if I had someone who was, um, I'm going to say, devoted or someone in that coaching kind of realm to help me realize that I can accept myself, mm -hmm. whether it is the, the, the birthmark, whether it is, you know, the whatever other scar or flaw there is that it's okay. And instead of me continuing to look outside for validation, mm -hmm. I can validate myself. Right, right. And I mean, it can, uh, honestly, I just remember the years hating having such poor vision. Like I started wearing glasses in the first grade. I was one of the ones that, you know, they had the free eye exam at school and mine was always she needs glasses, you know, <laughs> so it's, um, but thank God, hey, they used to do that in school. It was a wonderful thing. Right. So my vision was always bad. And I just remember looking at all my pictures of how ugly my glasses were, you know, they were too big for my face, blah, 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 blah. And just not recognizing, okay, you have less than 20-20 vision. You always will. You're not blind. You know, you can get corrective vision, um, corrected lenses for your vision. And that's what I did. And I just moved on with it. Like it shouldn't even have been a thing. Mm -hmm. Like I didn't even see that it was a blessing that I was able to get glasses. You know, I could have struggled and I see some kids today that they, they need glasses, you know, mm -hmm. and they don't have that support system to identify that and help them with that. Well, I remember spending years just lamenting about my poor vision that had already been corrected with glasses. And mm -hmm. so it's just, um, I, I believe had I just accepted, hey, that's just part of who you are. It certainly didn't go away. <laughs> you know, there are options for correcting it now as I'm, I'm an adult and I have more resources, but the vision is still, poor and declining, you know? So it shouldn't even have been a thing, but it was, I made it a thing. It was something I didn't like because I was always the only one in my mind, <laughs> always the only one with glasses on and nobody wants to wear glasses and take gym, you know? <laughs> so it was, a, it was a thing that didn't need to be a thing. Yes. And uh, so, yeah, I mean, there's, there's work to be done, just what norm means. Norm is what you got. <laughs> that's, how I, that's how I feel. Your, your norm is the components of who you are based on your DNA. And you can make the best of that. Um, and there's work God still wants us to do and it has nothing to do with any of those, those markers. It's something attributed to your heart and something that you have to give to somebody else. In my mind, that's the bottom line. Absolutely. And the thing that 
um, I, I'm not sure if you said it, Barbara, that God gives everyone, no, I think it was Wakia, you said everyone gets hit with the ugly stick, right? And what it does yes. is that it gives you compassion, yes. it gives you empathy, it gives you a place of commonness mm-hmm. where and relatability to the people who you are going to serve. I am one of the um, my big moments in my life. Um, w- my parents were killed in a car accident. Mm, I'm sorry. Thank you. That's in in two thousand six, and no matter how you know it, how terrible it was, what it gave me was the the space, the empathy, the knowing. Mm when someone is going through a loss, mm-hmm. not only do they reach out to me because they, they wanna know how I did it, how I made it, but I know, I know what's needed in the moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I know I don't have, sometimes you don't have to say, a lot of times you don't have to say anything. Mm-hmm. And I know it's not, you know how the, once the funeral is over, that's when the, the real work begins. Mm-hmm. And so I'm able to step into that space and, and, and own it and help people who are struggling in it. Hmm. Hmm. So, my, so my see, there's so many things that you've said, right? That tells me why coaching, I know, I know when you started your expertise and your education and your original experience is coming from being a physical doctor. Right. I totally understand internal medicine. But as you, the more you talk, the more I hear how coaching really works for you in that regard. Because when you said, you know, well, because I've gone through these things, I'm able to I know what's needed. Like it's after the funeral that the work really begins. And as coaches, that's what we're doing. Right. We're really helping you take that next step after all the um, condolences have been wished after everybody has came to your house and, you know, and try to be there for you. The, the purpose or the point for me especially when coaching is to help that woman um break through that that space in the middle right where it doesn't look like you're going to be able to make it to the next step Mm -hmm. right and what I keep hearing you doing is going back and getting these women and saying yes let me help you get through like when you was talking earlier and you used the tightrope example what I was thinking about was like how you sort of prompt them to keep going just keep going Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Just that one step, just that one more step, just that one step. And so just as, as we have this conversation talk more and more, I could hear that you've had many moments where someone had to do that for you. And that's why you're so good at going back and getting others. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Just, I, I said earlier, I became the coach I needed. Yes. And a lot of my work has been done solo. Mm-hmm. And I am committed not to allow other women to struggle by themselves, Mm. to struggle because you think you're the only one, to struggle because you don't think you can say the words out of your mouth because it's gonna be taboo 
or someone's going to know something that happened in my life, in my family, in my house. Because that's a lie. Mm-hmm. And we get caught up in the lie of yes. can't say it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's time for us to come off of mute. All right. Honey, you better stop and preach. <laughs> so, so now that you're off mute, what, what happens next? So this is our last question I would say. I would say, what happens next? What do you, what is the next five years look like for you? You know what I'm saying? And, you know, and, you know, what is your, what is your why, why you, why are you continuing to live on? Like, what does that look like? What is, what is your purpose here on this earth? Why are you here? Mm-hmm. So what's the f- next five years? I can tell you what my next, what the, f- the my five days are going to look like first. So I am doing a session. It's called, it is called when the wheels fall off, stepping into your abundant life after the wheels fall off why 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 not me and it talks about how did how do you have that experience and then keep moving mm-hmm. it's it's my mission now to um to coach to speak to take the stage to write and just to share and connect with women from a coaching perspective, but also from a, um, um, a spiritual perspective, how do you take the next step? How do you, how do you use what, um, what obstacles, what challenges that have been dealt, what, what hand you've been dealt and how do you rise above that and get to where God has called you to? Mm. Well, it's much needed. So, so that that those are the next five days. So, is that a course like you're teaching that women can get involved in, or you can't so, just drop that and be like, okay, yeah, I'm gonna just work up the one, and ain't nobody else gonna get a chance to do it. I just get to sit here in the dark, and you you move it on. No, what? I mean, come on, have a sister. So it's it is an event. Um, I think by the time this airs, that would have already happened, but I plan on doing it again in the future. You can check me out on my website. It is in full bloom health and life coaching.com. Wonderful. Great. I'm sure women are going to be all over that. All over that. So um, yeah, so that is super exciting. So the next five days is going to just be crazy. So we can't wait to hear what mm-hmm. happens next. And when is and when is your book coming out? You had mentioned a book earlier. The book should be coming out within the next couple of months. I don't have a date yet, but it's coming. All right. And will we be able to go to Info Bloom as well to find out the book release or? Yes, that, that will be posted. And um, the title is Marked from Birth, A Journey from Flawed to Fabulous. Mm-hmm. Oh, lovely, lovely. Well, ma'am, thank you so, so much for coming on the podcast um, and just sharing your little nuggets. I am just so excited by the things that you're doing and um your passion for it i think that's what i hear more things your passion and um how you've overcome all these challenges right <laughs> like how you've overcome and i think that is the thing that's so relatable to me as a fellow overcomer 
So um, I applaud you and I look forward to seeing what you do next. Thank you. Thank you so, so much, Wakia, for inviting me on your podcast. I love it, Dare to Pivot. And that's, that's, that's all of our challenges. Our challenge is to, is to pivot and be brave enough to, to make it happen. And thank you, Barbara, for, um, for welcoming, welcoming me to the podcast and your insight um, and your questions. I, I really enjoyed this, this time with you. Thank you so much for just uh, sharing your heart and uh, just acting upon your passion. And I believe it's God's purpose. So thank you, because if you help one of us, uh, you're helping the collective <laughs> because yes. as one heals and decides to reach one another, then we can all in community be reached and we can be helped. So thank you.